Happy New Year. Exciting things for Teague Talks in 22. Can't wait for you to see them. But first, we're going to kick off the new year with new CEO of Davidson, Tom Gachet. Tom shares some great stories with us. With his days of starting out as a bellman, to a DJ, to now CEO. He's going to share with us how flipping the dance floor correlates with revenue management. Some practical advice on climbing that career ladder and why he's so optimistic with the future of our industry. Spoiler alert, it's the people. As always, thanks for joining. Tom Gachet, good friend. Thank you, thank you for joining me today. The uh, congratulations, maybe now that it's January, the, the new CEO of Davidson Hotels. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks so much, Tiga. I appreciate that. You, you really should be congratulating John Belden, though. Um, John has uh, earned a little time off to relax um, and he's back. In his words, he's, he's moving from a player on the field to a coach on the sidelines, which is awesome. Um, I just picked up another title and more responsibility. So I think the congratulations goes to Mr. Belden and, uh, and, and, the, uh, and the condolences or the, uh, or the dig in and show me what you got now goes to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the idiots still working, right? Grinding exactly right. John's like, and I'm out, drop the mic. Tom, it's all yours. Good luck. That's right. You're pandemic now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, God, yeah. Imagine being the CEO of a hotel operating management company during a pandemic. That's got to be super fun. Yeah, just fun. I have a lot less hair today than I did two years ago. Yeah, I believe. Well, I can't see. <laughs> wait to see how this thing turns out, Tom. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> all right. So do this. I do this with everybody, but but I love it. I, how did Tom Gachet? A uh, little boy from you know Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, grow up to become the CEO of Davidson Hotels. How'd you get started? Give me your story. Give me some fun little anecdotes, please. All right, all right. H happy to do it. Happy to do it. And and uh, I'll correct you on one thing. Um, I, I didn't grow up in the big city of Milwaukee. I grew up uh, in, in a little impoverished town south of Milwaukee, Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, that most people don't know about or haven't heard of. Um, Never heard of. But a tiny little town, you're either employed by Johnson's Wax or you were unemployed. Uh, so it was one of those type of cities, but uh, but a great place to grow up. Uh, I'm still a uh, still a strong cheesehead, still a still a strong Packer fan. Um, and a Bucks but, uh, fan. But, don't undersell your world champion. Well, I, I, I'm not going to sell the Bucks. And actually, I should I should point something out here. Uh, although I am a Bucks fan, uh, and they're second right now behind behind Brooklyn, I believe. Um, but I, I think I'm a good luck charm for the Hawks as well, because uh, as you know, I mean, since you and I went to the game, the, the games I've been to with you, the Hawks have done extremely well. Um, and I looked at the record since you and I went to the last game, uh, they're a nice little run. Their winning right. percentage is much better than it was before I went. So, um, you know, if you and, and Mitt want to invite me more often, I think it's a good thing for the Hawks. <laughs> so you're an honorary member. So it's great. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Give me the first job stuff in the industry. I mean, how yeah, first, first, first job, not unlike a lot of the folks, and you've done a ton of these teak talks, but not unlike a lot, a lot of folks. Um, I, I sort of got into the hospitality by accident. Uh, my first job was a bellman. I, um, uh, my, I graduated from high school on a Friday and, uh, and on Monday, um, uh, my father threw me in the car and we drove down to, uh, from Wisconsin to North Carolina because he was retiring and I needed a summer job you know, to, to earn some beer money before college. And, um, and as we pulled off the exit to where my father was going to live, there was a new hotel just opened up a holiday inn. And on the old reader board, it had, uh, it had, you know, help wanted to sign up there. 
So as we're pulling off the highway, my dad's like, hey, maybe you should look there. You get a little summer job. I thought, okay, I'll do that. Um, and so I went and applied and I got a job there as a bellman. Um, and uh, it was a, uh, it was 150 room Holiday Inn, you know, at the airport exit right off the highway, like a lot of them were. Um, and uh, I took the job as, uh, as bellman and did a little bit of everything um, like bellmen do. And it was fun and driving the airport shuttle and everything else. And I've got a million great stories uh, to, to share with you uh, later on that. But um, I had that exact same start, by the way. So well, there you go. All right, keep going. And it's interesting. A lot of your, a lot of the folks in the industry have had that. Yeah. Um, they, they sort of got into it maybe by chance. Well, it wasn't a career, but truth, truth, it wasn't my career. My, my degree is industrial engineering. I was getting ready to go to school for industrial engineering. And I uh, never intended to be in the hotel business. I just really was looking for some hours and some, and some pay. So, so I worked as a bellman uh, and then front desk and then night audit. And I ended up working for this hotel all through college. Anytime I had a break or anytime a summer a vacation, wherever it was, I'd go back and I'd work. And each time I worked in a different department, different division, did something a little bit different. You know, I was in back of the house, front of the house, uh, you literally did, did everything that you can think of. Banquet set up, dishwasher, breakfast cook, you know, you, you, you name it, I did it. Um, and, um, and so the, um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, probably the funnest job I had through that whole thing was, I was, I was my senior year of college and I was still picking up hours there. Um, and I was the, uh, back in, back in those days in the, in the mid to late eighties nightclubs, all the, a lot of great nightclubs were actually in hotels and we had a lot of them in our, in our hotels for our portfolio, but I had the opportunity to be the DJ for the nightclub, which was just a ton of fun. Um, and we won some national contests and it was just, it was great. I, just, I had an absolute ball with it and, and, and really, really enjoyed it. Um, flipping dance floors, spinning your music. I mean, that day well, you can't just go to your iPod and go play. You got to come up with your own song. List. It, it was a, it was a little different. I mean, we had the 12 inch vinyl. I had three turntables, had the monitor up there and, you know, the one headphone. And um, we didn't have the 808 boards like they have today where you can go in and sort of digitally master it. Um, but um, but uh, um, I, actually, you might, can I give you a side anecdote real quick? Oh, please. I would be hated if you didn't. Please. All right. All right. All right. So so this is uh, th this is maybe my beginnings to where my hospitality thing started. But um you know, revenue management is such a huge thing in our business, right? And revenue management runs through all parts of the hospitality business. Um, when, I was a, when I was a DJ, one of the things I would try to do is I would try to, to, to pick the songs and mix the music in a way that would maximize revenues. And so I would, uh, I would, I would do build sets. I would do one hour sets, do 50 minute sets. You start at a low beats per minute. You work your way up to a higher beat per minute but you change the genre of the music because if, if your goal is just to fill the dance floor, you could do that every song with a song that makes everybody happy. That's popular. But while people are dancing, they're not drinking, they're not buying drinks. So about every three songs, I would try to turn the dance floor. So I'd purposely switch, you know, from, from a pop song, you know, to, to, to maybe a, a, a rock song or something. And all the people out there dancing a pop, eh, they'll leave the dance and you could watch it happen. So in, while the songs were playing, sometimes I'd walk the room, I'd walk through the crowd, I'd see like who was sitting down and figure out what's the next genre I'm going to play because I want to get those people on the dance floor. And then there's a lot of people don't like to dance except the slow dances. Maybe they're there on a date, they brought a couple, they're trying to, you know, uh, meet someone special. And so every song I'd play a couple of ballads. So I'd work everything up to sort of a hot, you know, build the beats per minute up to a dance floor's packed and people are going nuts. And then you drop the whole tempo down to a ballad. And all those people that were sitting down 
afraid to go on the dance floor and look awkward. Now there, it's their key to get on the dance floor. And the people that are all hot and sweaty, they go buy a cocktail. So I would do hourly readings and I would check the readings against my playlist every day. And I kept a playlist for each hour. I'd match up the readings to see what combination of music created the best revenue. And it's a lot of fun. We, we ultimately had um, uh, my, my regional manager had every DJ in our company then send me, fax me the old curled up fax paper machine. They'd fax me their playlist uh, every, every morning. I would look at them and I would make adjustments like, hey, if you play this here, if you move this there, change this to try to get the revenues higher per hour so that we were making more money selling beverage sales. I but, mean, sales combined with detail uh, means now I got to get you to spin at uh, the Hunter Conference. Next <laughs> there you go. Your attendance numbers have been growing. I don't think you want that to change. So I'll just I'll just decline right now. <laughs> But it was, but it was fun and I enjoyed it. And then I went to college, got my degree yeah. and can't graduate and go, I'm going to go be a DJ. No, no, can't okay. do that. Right. Because right. dad would, dad would be very upset with that right. kind of nonsense. Although DJs make a lot of money these days. Um, so I, I took a job, I graduated, got my industrial engineering degree, took a job at IBM um, and was miserable. Um, it, it, great company, wonderful, you know, eight to five, kind of the, you know, a, a very sort of easy lifestyle. Um, but at the same time, just very sort of unfulfilling for me. I worked on a manufacturing line. I got the safety glasses, the clipboard. It just wasn't, wasn't really for me. Um, and uh, the gentleman that ultimately became the head of operations for, for Davidson in total, uh, the hotel that I worked at actually was a, was a Davidson property. That's the, that's the fun part of the story is I, I went there haphazardly, but it happened to be a hotel that was part of the Davidson ecosystem at the time, which was under a different name. He called me and said, hey, I, I need a bar manager. Um, would you, I'd love to have you come back and, and run the nightclub for us. And so I thought about it. I said, you know, th this wouldn't go over well with uh, mom and dad. If I, you know, after getting my engineering degree, I'm working at big blue, uh, you know, Hey, I'm going to leave and be a bar manager. Uh, that, uh, that didn't go so well. So I said, you know, I, I'm not sure I could do that. Um, Greg. And he said, um, what if I call you a beverage director? I go, a director. Eh, now that's a promotion, right? <laughs> so I said, you're on, it's a deal. So I, uh, I took a pay cut from 27 grand a year to 17 grand a year cool. and uh, took, over a, uh, took over a nightclub. And that started my, uh, my hospitality journey uh, on the management side, so. I mean, I won't ask how many years ago that was because I, yeah, I, I'm close enough. But so then what, <laughs> so then keep going with it. So then we get, I'm guessing there's a promotion and then a promotion and a promotion. I was bar manager for probably just about a year. And then, um, the food and beverage director got promoted to another property. And so I took over as the food and beverage director. Um, and so I'm running F and B and the bar manager. Um, and then uh, one day I came into work and we were, we were a much smaller company at the time. Um, and so we didn't have a lot of the corporate resources that we have today. Uh, and so whenever we took a new hotel over, they would just pull out a GM and they would promote the next guy. So I had been food and beverage director for about 10 months and general manager called me in the office and said, Hey, we picked up a new hotel in a different city. He said, and I'm going to be the GM. I say, hey, congratulations. And then he threw me this key ring, you know, about this big with about a thousand keys on it, you know, a huge ring, you know, hard key for every door. Says, congrats, you're the new general manager. I'm like, huh? Well, okay. You know, I think I was 23 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, I knew the F&B side of the business, but the accounting side of the business, the housekeeping, everything else, I just didn't know. So, so I immersed I immerse myself in, you know, just like you do in hospitality. Yeah. A lot of this is uh, not necessarily what you learn in the classroom, but what you learn in the field. So I immersed myself in it. I went to my controller and said, listen, I'm 
thrilled to, uh, to lead you here, but I need you to help lead me as well. I have to learn what you do and what's important and how it's important to lead you. Then I went to my executive housekeeper and said, okay, two days a week, I want you to give me a board and I'm gonna go clean. I gotta learn the process of doing this. Um, and all the way through with all my department heads and they were, they were fantastic. Um, uh, cause, cause listen, it, it, at every level in our business, it's really, and we say this here a lot, but you know, leadership is really a team sport. Um, if one person knows everything, that's not, the, that's not the strongest team. The best thing is to surround yourself with experts that know a lot more. And so I've kind of used that philosophy my, my whole career. And at those days that they knew the business better than I did. They knew that division, that department, that skill better than I did. So I just asked them humbly, listen, I'd like to learn, please show me what this is. And then I moved in the hotel and I would work 20 hour days, seven days a week until I could learn, until I could learn what I needed to know to be an effective manager of a hotel. Smart. You're using the resources and smart enough to know you don't know everything. Well, none of us do, right? Oh, so, right. Yeah. You're only as good as the team that's around you. So that, that's the important, the real. All important. right. So we get to GM, then what? Then what? Where's the promotion from there? Well, we were, uh, so I, was, I got to be general manager at that same hotel. So I, I went from Bellman to yeah. general manager all the way through at this same, this same property. Um, and then the company was growing. And so I had an opportunity to uh, leave and come uh, go to Atlanta. And so I came, came here to Atlanta, my first tour of duty through Atlanta. And I ran a hotel that's up in Roswell um, to double tree today. Um, was a Sheridan to start and then a Holiday Inn. And now it's a double tree uh, off of Holcomb Bridge Road. So a general manager there. And then my next general manager job was over in Augusta, Georgia. Um, and we had two hotels in Augusta. So had a little region there to work with. So I just sort of progressed from there um, and, and managed uh, several um, uh, individual properties. Um, and I had moved around multiple times and I sort of became that, uh, the person they realized he doesn't mind moving, he's willing to jump in. Um, and so I was kind of the turnaround guy. We'd take a new hotel, I would go in, uh, become the general manager, hire the team, stabilize it, get a renovation plan, learn the market, kind of set, you know, get the property set up, and a year later, after it stable off, stabilized a little bit, I would go do another one. And then we'd bring in another general manager to kind of follow him behind me. So I sort of became adept at it and moved many, many times. In fact, th this most recent move here to Atlanta, which was 10 years ago for me now, is my 14th move uh, since I've been with Davidson. <laughs> so I'm not a lifer like you, T. <laughs> oh, it's good experiences, though. You lived a lot of places. Family great. doesn't love you, but whatever. Great, great experiences. Fortunately, a, a caring and understanding family, <laughs> which is which is a great thing. But that's how you learn. That's how you learn. And we were, we had, uh, we had given a uh, just given a pitch, and uh, at our corporate office, and our and our former sole owner and CEO. Um, a lot of the folks that might be listening today would know Chick Hill, um, John Belden, Steve Marvel, and I were the three, uh, were, were the the three people on our business development team. Um, Chick Hill was the sole owner uh, and uh, CEO of the company at that time. Um, and uh, I, I, before I joined that team, I was a general manager. I was in Raleigh. Uh, John and Steve were, were kind of the two guys leading the acquisitions and real estate charge for our company. And um, uh, they gave a pitch uh, to a new client. And they showed a map of the United States. And, and all our hotels were in the Southeast. And so after the pitch gets done, they did a little post-con like they always do. And, and Chick, our wise CEO, uh, looked over at John Steam and said, so why don't we show the map of the whole country when we do these? 
it looks sort of paltry. We like we just have some hotels in the southeast. Like, why is the whole map there? Let's cut it off at the Mississippi maybe and not do it, or go out west and grow. Well, you know John and Steve. Uh, they are they are uh, always willing to accept the challenge, and so uh, so their uh, their idea was not cut off at the Mississippi. We're going to go out west. So they needed someone out west. Um, and it, it, uh, it what became year is known, this, roughly? This is 1995. Okay, thank you. So it became known uh, that they were looking for a West Coast development person. And uh, I raised my hand and said, listen, I have no idea um, what it is that you do. Uh, but I'm very adept at reading a market. I know hospitality really well. I didn't go to hotel school. I don't have all the background. Um, I've never underwritten anything. I've bought a handful of houses, but that's it. Um, so I said, I, I may not be qualified, but if you'd be willing to invest in me, I'll work my tail off and figure it out because um, I really can under, read a market and understand how to position a hotel and build a team. I, I understand that whole piece. Um, so they did their interviewing. They looked around and ultimately um, something that I'm still very proud of today, but the company has a, a, a very big promote from within uh, mentality. Um, and so fortunately, they, they took a chance on me. Um, Chick and John and Steve said, yeah, let, let's see if Tom can do it. Um, so he took a chance on me and hired me. So I moved out to the West Coast. I moved out to Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, started looking for real estate deals in the West Coast. Um, and we had never had any. And uh, we did our first West Coast deal in 1997. And now, of course, we've got a large portfolio on the West Coast. But I was out there for nine years um, helping develop the West Coast for us. I mean, yeah. Uh, and you just did a nice deal with KSL to continue to grow the West we Coast. We did. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's up in the Pacific Northwest. Great, great asset. We, we've that that uh, it's a beautiful collection of properties, and um, we've looked at those twice over the past fifteen years. Not not with KSL, just for different reasons. But we're really excited about that that, that Davenport portfolio there. It's great. I'm impressed. But um, what advice? I mean, that's a phenomenal story, by the way, from from Bellman DJ to CEO. <laughs> what, what advice would you give to sort of the next generation coming through this? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great question. I, I actually get asked that a lot. I, I think what I would say, and there's a lot of deep ways you can go with that, but I, what I would say is do a great job of the job you're doing before looking ahead to the next job. Um, oftentimes I, I meet with young folks and try to talk to them, mentor them, and their sights are always on, hey, I'll do that job. I'll do that job. Or someone that is, 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 is working in their position, they come and they apply for something they're not quite ready for. Um, and you have to tell them, listen, you, you got to be great at what you do. And they say, well, listen, if I get the job, then I will do X. It, it's, not, it's not really the way it works. It, if you focus on the job at hand and do a great job at what you're doing and, and do your best to be really, really effective and successful, and then you start asking for, hey, I've got extra capacity. How can I help you with your job? And you reach out and see if you can help somebody else out. So it's, it's easy to look ahead and it's easy to look at a career progression and say, where am I going to be in five years, 10 years? All those big things come. Um, uh, don't forget to do a great job at the job you're doing in the chair you're in. If you do that, you'll be recognized. And then those opportunities continue to come for you. And I think as we've all learned, paths change, right? So, and maybe you never set out to be, I'm confident you never said, oh, I'm going to be CEO of Davidson Hotel. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> no, yeah. no never at all. Engineering in college. Never at all. I right. thought I'd be an, I thought I'd be an engineer. That's what my dad was. That's what my brother was. That's what my other brother was. I mean, of course, I'm going to be an engineer. I, I had no idea to be in the hotel business. But I think that happens a lot in our industry. Um, and and, and it, it, it's been 
a wonderful warm story that is now creating a little bit of a problem. Um, when I speak to groups, sometimes I ask how many people set out to be in the hotel business? And you'll see just a small set of hands go up. And if you ask how many people were sort of accidentally got into this business, um, it's a lot more. They set out to do something else and ended up in hospitality. Because if you have that spirit to serve, if you really understand and appreciate hospitality, the bug bites you and you sort of find yourself there. Um, where it's hurting us today is that we've got this huge lack of, um, uh, of talent that we need all over. Um, and what we haven't done over time is um, spread the word what a great career the hospitality business can be. Whether it's in your side of the business or my side of the business or the, 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 the PE side of the business. I mean, any, any of the sec sectors within hospitality, uh, a lot of people end up in this by accident. And that's because no one ever said, hey, it's a great job to be a GM or it's a great job to be a regional vice president or head of development for a we don't hear those things. We sort of end up here by accident. I think we have to do a better job as an industry of selling our industry to perspective. Listen, it's a, it's a good living. You got a lot of guys that work, work for you, a lot of people, young professionals that work for you. I got a lot of young women and men that work for me here that it, it, this is a great career and their, their, their progression is going excellent. Um, and, uh, and we have to tell those stories a lot so that people will choose this as a career as they're coming up from the younger years through the high school age, college age, let's get them bit with a bug sooner so they choose this as a career, don't just end up here by accident. The AHNLA and Chip and the gang are doing a lot trying to help, but help remind me, how many employees Davidson have now? How many hotels, but really how many employees? We've got, we'll finish the year at uh, 76 hotels. Um, and we've got about, I'll say 7,800 uh, employees across the country. Uh, we've got a good stat, now that's, you know, we, we, we probably, in all honesty, Teague should be at 10 plus, <laughs> um, but, but there really isn't, uh, there's very few hotels or, or restaurants, bars, um, catering facilities. There's very few of our, of our um, businesses that are 100% staff. So now I'm putting the, let's talk, I'd like to talk to the CEO of Davidson. So what are, get to go with me, keep going. I mean, what are some of your biggest challenges? Right, let's go, let's go. What, what are we, what are some of the biggest challenges now that you guys are facing? I mean, yeah, you, you just, you just named it. Staffing and talent is number one. It, it, it's a, it's a clear number one by, by a long shot. Um, you know, getting, getting business back, um, uh, you know, to, to where it was is, is probably number two, but a lot of that's out of our control. Um, so um, this, but the staffing issue that this is a problem. It's, it's not going away anytime soon. Um, we're we're going to have to uh, battle this. And I, and I think it starts at, um, um, it, it's a, you have to take a 360 approach to it. We have a whole learning and development team. Uh, I may have been telling you the last time we spoke um, that didn't exist, you know, for our company two years ago. Um, uh, we, we've built out um, an entire organization where we're doing recruiting, we're doing training, we're doing mentoring, we're doing all those things here so that it's not just the um, recruiting, but the retention is every bit as important. Um, and, uh, and so we've got to pour into our employees and associates. We have to have them understand that uh, they can grow their career here. They can make it a good career. And we're going to give them the tools to do that. Um, culture is very, very important. Um, it's, been a, it's been a secret sauce of ours, I believe, for a long time. Um, we, uh, we do surveys um, on a regular basis of all our team members. Um, and frankly, we do with our owners as well. And one of the things that always rises to the top is our, our, our team members feel like they're part of a family. And um, 
and that has allowed us uh, to have great retention and great longevity. Our turnover is less than half the industry average of turnover. Um, and we've got a lot of tenure. Um, I, I'm, I'm far from the most tenured person in our company and I'm about to celebrate 34 years with Davidson. So we have a lot of long-term employees. And so the culture piece is very important, but it's more important today than ever. Um, so, so we have to do a better job of recruiting. We have to retain the employees we have. We have to make sure our benefit plans are great. Our, our pay has to be um, adequate. Um, and we have to help the industry. You mentioned Chip and the folks at AHLA. They, they have been, uh, I mean, uh, spectacular. Uh, the last two years, what a challenging industry. And, and they've, they've handled it head on. They've come after it. And, and on, this, on this mentoring side and training side and apprentice programs, HLA has been really, really helpful uh, to that. And everybody should be a member um, and, uh, and help support it because they do so much for our industry. So now help me, you guys have, remind me, you guys have sort of, in my world, at least four sort of verticals, maybe some switching of last year, right? But um, Davidson Hotels, Davidson Resorts, restaurants, somewhere in there, the new pivot concept for the lifestyle stuff that I do, that I do good there? Yeah, you nailed it, buddy. Right. You nailed it. You're hired. You're hired. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so describe those. Tell me what, what our thought thesis is with those different yeah, so our, our portfolio is different than a lot of other third-party operators. Um, we've always really stayed focused on the, on the full-service upper upscale properties. Um, yeah. we, we have, we have, a, we have a, a handful of really great select service hotels in our portfolio. Um, more of them, uh, the, the, uh, they're more in urban, dense markets, high rev par markets. Uh, they're, they're a little more complicated, uh, but we, we've never uh, really gone after the select service. We've always stayed in, on the upper end. Um, and so as our portfolio has grown, and as we have sort of stayed focused on that, we, we have to stay relevant. Um, and so back in 2016, it, it's hard to believe it's been that long already, but that's when we launched Pivot um, because the, obviously we could see the trends. I know when I travel, I like to stay at the great, unique, you know, interesting hotel that fe you know, feels fun in the community and, and, and really feels like you're in the place you're traveling to. So we launched Pivot. It's been hugely successful. We now have 30 hotels in that, in that division between what's open and, and uh, what's coming. Um, and so, th so that's been a, a great growth path for us. Um, uh, earlier this year, I'm sorry, early last year, uh, first part of 2021, we, uh, we launched uh, Davidson Resorts. Um, and that was a natural evolution. We've always had resorts in our portfolio, but we've never um, uh, sort of specifically designed resources around that. But the truth is, it's, it's a little more complicated to run a resource that has a lot of different revenue streams. You've got a spa, you have a membership club, you have a golf course, you have all these different things that you may not have at, at, a, at a simpler property or even a small independent property. And it, it takes experts in all those areas to be really good. Revenue managing on a golf course or a spa is very different than revenue managing in hotel rooms. You need to understand how that works. Putting together a successful membership club, um, that takes time and effort and knowledge to do that. And so we had been building resources around that um, we had planned to launch resorts in the summer of 20, uh, but, um, but for obvious reasons that got pushed aside. But as, as the year went on, we started thinking about, it. we started looking at the opportunities and realized as we got into early 21, the plan was right. The decision to launch resorts was the right thing to do. Um, and we were growing with new resorts. And so, and now we had the opportunity to get talent that had been let go from a lot of other places. Um, we took a, you know, maybe a counterintuitive approach uh, to, to the pandemic. Um, a lot of public companies, a lot of brands, a lot of, of our competitors even um, 
for, for all the right reasons uh, for liquidity issues because of the revenue problems that we all had, um, they let a lot of people go. What that created was an opportunity to find some great talent. So we actually added, I think, 18 people uh, to the corporate office in 2020, um, which um, was either going to be a great decision because it was going to help us grow and do it right, or horrible decision, and I wouldn't be on this tea talk with you today. <laughs> uh, but um, as, it, as, it, as it is, it turned out to be a great decision. We were able to take advantage of some great um, uh, people in the, in the market that were sort of let go or furloughed. And so we bolstered our team around that. We brought in a lot of experts to help us build that space. How did all those people translate into, into new opportunities? I mean, you guys had a pretty robust 21. Uh, we did. Tw 21 was, a, was an excellent year. Um, we, uh, we ended up with, uh, I think, a net 16 properties uh, between what came in and when it went out of the property. So it was great. Um, but, and, and I don't know if that was uh, purely a result, Teague, of, of some of the, the, the folks that we added, but but really part of a strategy. We, we put together a, a five-year um, uh, strategic plan in, in 2019. Um, and, all, and, and the timing was great for it um, in one way, but it was horrible because of the pandemic. So it got pushed out, but we really didn't change any elements in that plan. And that was, you know, we, we sort of redesigned the company to your point in these, these different business verticals. Um, we were Davidson Hotels and Resorts for a long time, as you know, and now we're Davidson Hospitality Group. Um, and within that, we have, those different verticals, but um, we've we've never wanted to grow for growth's sake. And you know, we have seventy six hotels. That's paltry compared to a lot of our, our competitors. I mean, there's folks out there with fifteen hundred, three hundred, four hundred um, in the you know in the third party management business. Growth is a big deal. A lot of people really strive for that growth. Nothing wrong with that. That that's a great strategy for them. We we've always just wanted to select great assets, do deals that are in keeping with our current portfolio, so that all the hotels could be great working with owners that we're proud to be partners with and really take this long, long-term approach. And now after 50 years, we, we've sort of had that same mentality. We think that's the right mentality. So we'll never be the biggest. Um, in fact, we're small compared to many, um, but we have a smaller uh, purview that we're looking at too, right? We're not looking at, you know, select serves across, across the country. We want to be great at doing the full service, complex, complicated, you know, high contribution of F&B, um, we want to be great at doing those, those hotels. And if that means we, you know, uh, if that means we're at 75 hotels or 85 hotels or 65 hotels, that's great. There, there is no long-term goal to be 150, 200. That, that never comes into the equation. We want to create value for our owners and whatever that size we happen to be, as long as we continue to do that, people will keep hiring us and we'll be relevant. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Let's, let's look at the future. Let's talk about 2022. Uh, certainly for Davidson, but really just for the industry. What, what, what are you seeing? What, what are going to be the headwinds? What are going to be the tailwinds? I am, um, I'm, I'm super encouraged. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm typically the half full kind of person. Um, but um, I felt like, the, I felt like we, would, we would come out of it a little faster uh, than a lot of the forecasts were. Um, I still think we will. Um, uh, you know, obviously the rate has been strong. And, and so rate has held up at a lot of our hotels. And and the, the, most of the forecasts say that's coming back. When will the occupancy come back? Um, I have been traveling uh, fairly consistently, um, as has my whole team. I, I think people like to be out there and travel. Um, and I also think we've now learned to um, understand what's around us, what risks are there. And, and, and you know, initially, that we didn't know what the big bad wolf held. We didn't know what COVID was going to mean. So there was a lot of fear. And I think we're past that fear. Um, and between vaccines and therapeutics and, and just knowledge and study and 
you know, the people that are COVID recovered, they had it, it wasn't as bad. And so I think when you put all that together, people are getting more comfortable um, with, with being who they are. But um, the business community likes to travel. People love to meet. And I've been at a lot of meetings. So there's been some brand meetings. There's been our own corporate uh, general managers meeting. And at every single one of them, invariably, they start out with whoever the opening speaker is saying, wow, isn't this great to be together again? And so I think that's a general feeling. And I think the fear is starting to go by. So, so I, I feel like we're going we're gonna to come back a little bit strong. We're not out of the woods yet. And Omicron and who knows what's next, right? I mean, we got, we got to go all the way to Omega before we figure something else out here, right? So I, I, I don't know what that holds. And I think those will be speed bumps along the way. But at the end of the day, people getting together, people congregating, people traveling, um, it's who we are. It's what, it's what we like to do as, as humans. So, um, so I'm very bullish on it. Um, th there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. Budget season, we, we've, uh, we've yeah. delivered all our budgets now and our owners are reviewing them and we're going back and forth. Um, there's still a lot of uncertainty. The crystal ball is foggy. Um, and so we're still making a lot of assumptions. It's less foggy than it was budgeting for 2021. So that's the good news. Um, group bookings have, have, uh, have picked up. And so we're seeing group bookings come now, you know, they have, they have to actually meet, you know, they can't cancel and some of those type of things, but our cancellations at least have, have started to, to decline. Our bookings have started to go up and we're seeing some fairly robust booking, uh, for, uh, on the group side, even for this year. So uh, I'm really encouraged. I, I, I'm probably a year ahead of the, some of the forecasters. I think by 2023, we'll probably be back to where we were in 2019. I, Hope that I'm right, um, but uh, but but I but I feel it's coming back, and and uh, uh, and I feel really good about where we are. And the people that are left in our industry are the diehards, and so we have to go out and find a lot of folks. But I gotta I gotta tell you, Teague, the, I mean, man, we, we we've got some real uh, we got some real heroes that work in our industry. Um, you know, going back to 2020, what some of them, it was some of our our, our team members were doing day to day. That weren't their normal tasks. What they were asked to do um, it was just unbelievable. Um, and uh, and I'm I'm humbled to work uh, in an industry and, and with a group of people that that had that dedication to guest service, hospitality service, to our owners to see to it their assets were cared for. I mean, it's just just amazing. So the people we have, we have the diehards in our industry. We have to grow more of those. Um, but uh, but uh, we've seen some some real stripes of the great hospitality professionals. Yeah, amen. Back to what we talked about at the beginning, right? Let's get more great people in our industry because we love it when you're here. Everybody loves it. You hear yeah. from all angles. Uh, Absolutely. We'll get Absolutely. more. All right, Tom, this is great. Final question um, because I've been staring at it for the last however long. What is the guitar behind you? Behind <laughs> you? There's got to be a story well, there. I need to hear it. All right. All right. I'll, I'll give you this. I knew, <laughs> I knew this was a mistake doing this here. I should have gone. I should have gone. I cleaned podcast. it all out, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. I know, I know. So what I thought I would do, if you don't mind, is I'm a very accomplished guitar and singer. I thought I would just sing a tune for all your listeners out there. It, I'm going to do that. That is a, um, that's actually, <laughs> you, you can't see it, um, but there's words and, and hearts on, on, that, on that guitar. Um, and so uh, 2018, was it 2018? Yeah. Um, at our annual conference for, for the companies, 2017 or 18, I forget which year it was. I was the COO of the company at that time. And uh, we bring together all our steering teams, our leadership executive committees from all the hotels for our, our annual conference, where we do a lot of training and education and, and also celebrate some things. Um, and so the, the theme that year was to, was to put heart 
um, into, into our business. And HEART was an acronym uh, that stood for hospitality, engagement, accountability, raising the bar together was that was it was. And so we built a whole um, educational conference around those items. You know, what is hospitality? How's it important? How's the engagement with our owners, with our staff, uh, accountability, how important that is. And so right down the list, we built the whole series around that. And it ended with, we presented to the general manager of every hotel, one of these guitars. Um, it's a Gibson. It's a real Gibson uh, that's got the seal on it. It's all printed and everything else. And to this day, when you travel around Davidson properties, you'll go back to some of the break rooms and that guitar is set up. It's used as an example. Our core values are right there. It's all part of the Davidson DNA that we're very, very proud of. Um, and, uh, and so that was a symbolic thing that we gave out for, um, for all those people. I love it. And just for everyone to know, I did not, we did not set this up ahead of time. That was a different question. But I noticed you looking down, you got a cheat sheet on the, like you got some, you got a plaque in front of you telling you, reminding you what heart stands for. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have a cheat sheet, um, but what I forgot to do was turn my cell phone off. And so I've been getting some text here. Oh, like, just, yeah, I should have right. well, le left it in the other room. And so you, you, you caught me doing a bad leadership trade of getting distracted while I'm having a conversation. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, we've talked too long. We could talk forever. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, DJ Jazzy Gachet. DJ Tom Tom. I'll never tell. I'll we'll never tell what that, that is. March spinning at the March <laughs> Hunter Conference in 22. Hey, Teague, I just want to say something real quick uh, before you sign off. First off, thank you for, for taking some time. Um, I know you've had a lot of really, really smart and accomplished people over the past year while you've been doing these and you ran out of guests. And so you said, hey, right. why not last time? Yes. So thank you for, for, for filling me in here. Uh, but, um, but truthfully, uh, to you and your brother, your father, Hunt, your group has done a, a fun, just, just a great job um, in Atlanta for the people of Atlanta. Your conference is impactful. Um, the clients that you work with, what you've done for the local hospitality community, um, you should feel really proud, man. I mean, you, you, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're, your name is literally on the business. Um, I feel that way sometimes. I've been at Davidson for, yeah. forever. Um, and so I feel that way. But, but, but Davidson is, is not my name. Um, Hunter is your name and, and you guys, you, you've done just a super job uh, with everything. So I hope you feel the pride um, from, from what you and your family have done for our hospitality community. And I, and I thank you for that. Uh, Tom, you're kind. We appreciate it. I, you know, it's a labor of love. It's a passion for us. We love it. But we're people, people. And the reason we love this industry is because there are amazing people in it like yourself. So my, I just want to share everyone's story with the industry and what little nuggets we can all pick up from it. Hopefully it makes us better. And then we go share it with the next people. So Tom, Absolutely. Your time. As Thank always. you, man. No, I appreciate Thanks, you very much. Take care, pal. Thanks, brother. Keep the heart and hospitality, Teague. <laughs> <laughs>